Hello and welcome to Witchy Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Lauren Chalantani, women's holistic health coach and fellow recovering perfectionist. This podcast was created to show you that your body is not in the way, it is actually leading your way. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Witchy Wellness. You are listening to episode 138, Amazing Little Sleepers with Valerie Birch. But before we jump into today's amazing episode, a word from our sponsor, Living the Good Life Naturally Magnesium. This is my go-to brand for transdermal or on-the-skin magnesium supplementation. Transdermally is the easiest way and most effective way you can absorb the magnesium into your body. Things like your stress level, your diet, and so many other factors go into your magnesium burn rate. If you want to learn more about this, listen to episode 73 of Witchy Wellness Radio and make sure to go to Living the Good Life Naturally's website in the show notes and use code WITCHY, W-I-C-T-H-Y, for 10% off of your purchase. And without further ado, please enjoy episode 138, Amazing Little Sleepers with Valerie Birch. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Witchy Wellness Radio. Again, this is your host, Lauren, and you are listening to the show. You learn how your body is not in the way, but actually leading the way. And today, the wonderful Valerie Birch is here to help talk about sleep. She is a pediatric sleep coach, a mindful mother of three, and a lover of the outdoors, sleep, and all emotions and anything sweet. Since 2013, Valerie has been working one-on-one families, coaching them to restore the sleep and tranquility in their homes. She works with families whose children ages from birth to six years of age who are not sleeping well at night or during the day, coaching and teaching them all about the science of sleep and improving sleep for the child and ultimately the entire family. Among sleep, Valerie focuses on mindfulness and emotional acceptance with the families as they have a huge part in the family dynamics improving sleep. Sleep is a foundation of everything wonderful and beyond. Welcome to the show, Valerie. Yes, thank you. Thank you so very much. I'm very happy to be here. Oh, I'm so excited to have you on here too. I know we were like talking off air. I'm like, we got to hit record. This is getting good. (laughs) Like we got to jump into all of this. That's Um, right. I would love to hear your backstory of how you got to helping other people with their own pediatric sleep coaching. I'm sure you've come across some challenges in your own life as a mom. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely so. And I think um, I'm going to even share a little bit before that, because it is one of those things that one day you're like, how did I even get to be a pediatric sleep coach? Um, And I think it really stems from all of my education. um, And then, of course, becoming a mother and, and putting everything together. After I graduated my bachelor's, which was in um, exercise science or health promotions, I absolutely love the body. I love learning about it, learning how to connect with it and um, heal it and exercise and things. And I worked in the wellness industry for honestly about a year when I realized that actually is not my passion to help others. (laughs) Though I love it. I love I love it for myself. I wasn't finding the joy in actually sharing that with others. And I thought it's better for those who really feel the passion. So 
I returned back to school and got my master's in elementary education. And from there, I was like, oh, I love children and I love to help uh, and to teach. And so upon graduation, um, instead of getting a job, my husband's job at the time took us abroad to live for uh, two years. So we moved to Singapore and I was able to teach over there in an Australian school, which was lovely. But um, of course, that was a, a joy in, in and amongst itself of, of traveling that part of the world. When we returned back to home, which was Chicago at the time, I was pregnant with our first child. And we were living, um, like I said, in Chicago. And we didn't have any really family around. Um, grandparents were 12 hours away. Uh, we were the first of our friends to have children. And my husband was um, working outside of the city. So his commute was an hour each way, which means that he was gone 13 plus hours a day. So here we are uh, with our first child in Chicago. Um, and I really, I really did enjoy that. Um, I'm grateful for that time to be able to be home. You know, I didn't choose to teach at that time, but by four months, five months of age, I was exhausted. You know, not, I know the newborn stage is not sleeping a lot or not consolidated sleep, but, um, you know, by four months, five months, you know, my husband's gone 13, 14 hours a day. I'm alone at home. And by bedtime, I was rocking my daughter one hour, two hours to try to get her to sleep. And in feeling that she was asleep in my arms, I went to go lay her down and immediately she would wake right back up. And after a 13 hour day, one-on-one with a, a little baby is a lot. And I was just thinking to myself, first of all, sleep is such a vitally important aspect of all of our lives, no matter the age. I mean, I knew that from just my history and education, but you know, I was like, sleep is important. And I was like, why is it this hard? It can't be this hard. So I did go onto Google and searched a few things and I did find some help that kind of helped me in that immediate moment to help um, just the process of not being so challenging at bedtime and for her to sleep improve. And I remember the first night that she fell asleep um, on her own and she slept like 10 hours. And I thought I woke up feeling like a new person. I hadn't slept, you know, that long without being woken up in, you know, five months. And sharing that with my friend, she said, well, we just hired a sleep coach. And I was like, what is this? And so from my own experience of just having that pure switch of elation from sleeping a lot uh, or a lot more than I was with the newborn and with my friend having hired someone to help her in the process, I researched what is a sleep consultant. And I found a program through out in Connecticut, the Family Sleep Institute. And from there, I absolutely just had to know from my own knowledge um, I became a sleep consultant and then started my own business and helping families. But I even say the knowledge that I learned was the best gift I could have for my family and my children because I needed a lot of sleep and I just didn't feel great without a lot of sleep. And as a mom, you're not sleeping if your kid's not sleeping. So it kind of all rolled into one um, and then being able to help families with that as well is how I started my business. Beautiful. Yeah. I knew there had to be some story behind. <laughs> <laughs> there always is. There's always, there always is. And that's why I always ask the first thing just to get to everybody better. Yeah. I, 
I mean, I don't have any kids yet, but you know, the, the, for the newborn stage, everybody's heard you're never going to get an, any sleep, but I liked how you threw in there subtly, maybe not so subtly mm-hmm. consolidated sleep. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. what's for a newborn? I know everybody's going to be different. What, what's to be kind of expected and what, what's kind of maybe out of the norm for somebody. So might be thinking we, they need to maybe work with somebody like yourself. Yeah, that's a great question. I would say the biggest, well, with a newborn, that's from, it's really about ages, which is based off of developmental milestones in the brain. So from birth to about four months of age, based off your estimated due date. So I do want to say that if you had a baby who was born really early, that absolutely will change that quote unquote four months. Um, so definitely reach out and speak to someone. But those first four months, um, and even back it down to the first eight weeks, I mean, it's one to two hour stretches at a time is very normal. And then about eight weeks, you see your first developmental milestone and you should see a, a single stretch of sleep lasting about four to six hours. And from there, then waking still one to two to three hours until the morning. Um, naps are kind of all over the place. So that's all very biologically normal quote unquote normal. (laughs) Um, There are things, you know, I work with newborns and what we do is establish a healthy sleep foundation that it's not training or coaching, but it's just building the right foundation to encourage and promote great sleep. I think sometimes we forget that we were all born really good sleepers. Like it's not a skill that is completely abnormal to your body. And so it's in creating the right foundation and environment and things that you can start to really incorporate from young, gently along the way, environment, um, things of that nature that can then help it naturally continue to improve. So the newborn stages is definitely, um, there is a lot of wakings. Um, Usually by four months, they're maybe waking anywhere between one to three-ish, four-ish times a night. And then when they're four months and older, um, it, it should be drastically less max, maybe one or two, but some babies can sleep all night too. That's there's hope out there. There's hope out there for everybody. (laughs) And could you briefly, you know, I know there's developmental stages, but Mm -hmm. newborn and beyond, you kind of briefly said one to two times a night, but what, what's considered normal for the different stages and maybe no matter what stage, when should you seek out maybe some help so you can get a good night's sleep too? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I will say that everyone will approach that differently, right? Um, And I think in my opinion, it's kind of based off of the parent's threshold of their own lack of sleep. So for me, instance, I require a lot of sleep and my threshold is very little. So if I was not a sleep coach, I would probably reach out by four or five months if I was, if my child was waking more than two times a night. Um, and I'll kind of come back to that. But, you know, some families come to me with their babies are eight months or 15 months. Um, I even see families for the first time at the age of five. And I think what's most important to note is that your child will never outgrow bad sleep habits. You know, everyone says we just need to wait for a certain age. And I don't believe that's true. It's, it will show again um, and it can lead to a really poor adult sleeper. And so 
There's never too old of an age to improve sleep. Um, so that's important to know, but also that though you may have peaks of okay sleep, you will likely come back down. Um, and so back to like how many times or when should they reach out? You'll know when you know for your family, for sure. Um, but I'll say that more than two times a night is probably something I would say that's not quote unquote normal. Um, just as much as you need consolidated sleep, so does your child for their growth and development. And if your baby is over nine months of age, despite if they're breastfeeding or if they're bottle feeding, um, really they should easily be sleeping 11, 12 hours a night without waking. That can happen as early as five months of age. So if you are maybe someone like me who has a, little, a very low threshold for being woken up, we can absolutely um, talk about that. And I have some five months old who are sleeping 12 hours a night and taking good naps. So it, it ranges, um, but it's possible from five months and uh, definitely whenever you're ready, it can be improved. I feel like I would like to sleep 11 hours a night. I mean, that sounds <laughs> amazing, right? <laughs> Doesn't that sound great? Just uh, wake up with no yeah. alarm. Just I know. Well, I could talk about adult sleep too, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, you know, I think everyone has the max amount of hours they can sleep, no matter your age. And for me, I'm pretty sure I'm a nine hour sleeper and it, and that's hard to get as a mom. Um, so I really age range for like seven and a half to nine, but, um, yeah, the more sleep we all get, the better we feel, the better, the healthier we are, the more energy we have, the more patience. I mean, it just, it shows up in every aspect of your life. So it's, it's such a good thing. Yeah. And impacts, I, I know mostly this is an adult, but it impacts, you know, your cravings. 100%. Whether it, it's sugar or caffeine and that, that just balloon, you know, that um, snowballs affects the whole day and the whole week, the whole year. Oh my gosh. What are, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's developmental stuff with sleep and children, but what, what are some key things to look out for that maybe your kid's not getting enough sleep? And I know this is hard, broad, because we're talking drastic developmental stages here. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. And it can be pretty, pretty clear. I think the first one um, for just any age is how are they when they're awake? So a child who is receiving enough sleep is patient, is calmer, honestly has very little tantrums. Um, they eat better. I mean, we talk about eating it's almost, I would say nine out of 10 times in working with the family, when we improve sleep, the parents always say, oh my God, they're eating better. I'm like, yes, they're all related. Um, so you want to look at your child in the wake periods. You know, are they able to stay awake for a period of time without being super crabby or irritable? Um, are they super clingy? So those are things to kind of keep note. Um, if your child should be consolidated sleep, um, I would say definitely by nine months of age. So that means they are sleeping around 11 hours at night without waking. So that is a great indicator. And then also naps. When looking at naps, to be well-rested, you want it to be over an hour in length. That way they've had at least two sleep cycles and it has a more restorative nature to that. So they wake up feeling rested. A common sign 
People will say, oh, they're cat napping, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I can't get them to stay asleep. That's an indication that they are a little bit overtired and that you could seek some help or make some changes that could then help them lengthen that nap, um, which of course then improves night sleep and vice versa. It's all connected. And then they come to this really well-rested state, which is a beautiful thing for them and for you. And for you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's such a holistic point of view when something is simple but as sleep but it's very dramatic of how it ripples out um I love I would love to talk more about the emotional acceptance and, and mindfulness piece of that how can we implement those I guess into everyday life and and parents and child's sleep habits yeah yeah I love that so when thinking about emotional um, what first comes to mind is when thinking about sleep training or sleep coaching, you find some hesitancy or resistance towards that because people, there's an inclination thinking, you're just going to make my child cry. We just have to cry. And I'm not here to say that they will or won't cry, um, but I'm here to say, let's look at the crime. What is the crime? You know, it's not that we are harming them. It's that they are communicating to us that there's change going on and they don't like this change. And, you know, we have the, I have the conversation with the family to say, you know, as an adult, how do you like change? Do you find it to be super awesome and easy and go lucky? Like, no, we may not cry, but we have resistance to it. And yet we also know that sometimes change is the healthiest thing we need to do in order to improve something in our lives. So we definitely want to look at the crying and and no matter the age, um, we want to validate and acknowledge our child that all of our children are these individual beings and we're not here to manipulate them or control them or force them into things. We're here to honor and respect that who they are as an individual being. And um, by doing that, I believe it's so much about acknowledging their emotions, acknowledging their crying, validating that, saying, I hear you and I see you and sharing that love. And I, so that's the emotional part of saying, you know, um, let's say it's a two-year-old who can talk and they want to read a third book or a fifth book before bed. You can say, I hear you want to read a book. And then they might start crying. I see that you're feeling sad. It's okay to feel sad. I love you. And you continue with your bedtime because that's the gentle and clear boundary we set. I see you, I hear you, I validate your emotion and it's not wrong. You're okay to feel that way, but I'm not gonna change my way because I'm setting this boundary for your health and your well-being, which means we need to move into sleep. So it's, it's creating that relationship, um, which then I hope carries over to daytime as well, is just if a child's having an emotional, any emotional reaction, happy, um, sad, and I don't see one as good or bad, but you know, in any way, it's what a cool opportunity to hold that space for that child and that emotion and, and know that we are not here to guide it or change it or um, move away from it, but to say, you know, that's, that's a beautiful thing of a human being is to honor your emotion and um, let it flow through you and, and move forward with whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I loved your bi- your bio saying, you know, lo- loves all the emotions, and it's true. You know, they're they're just even as an adult, they're just messengers 
telling us a message. Yes. And that's it. You know, don't shoot the messenger and be able to be present with it and not suppress it Mm -hmm. because that was a lot of my life and I'm still (laughs) still working on that one. Yeah. And I think we all are right. In some extent. And I think that's your course is absolutely beautiful for that too, because like you said, it's, you know, it, when we feel a certain way because of an emotion, we then have all these like reactions of, Oh, get rid of it. Or I don't know. I got to change it or think positive. And really, if you honor the emotion and if you like let it flow through you, you can let it be released in as little as 90 seconds. And which is beautiful. So then you're not suppressing it, which then leads to more uh, health issues down the line. And every emotion is here to serve you. Like you said, it it comes with a message. Um, And so I think, you know, if you look at it that way and think, what is, what am I here to be learning in this? Um, It's pretty powerful. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so powerful. And that's why the, the show's tagline is your body and emotions are not in the way and they're leading the way. It's literally what we're talking about. Yes, I will, and I love it. I've always loved that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, what are some maybe surprising little maybe tips or tricks or hacks that as an adult or, or your children, you, you can kind of give us holistically, like obviously working through emotions is a great tip and hack to improve sleep and overall life. What are some other holistic tips that people might not realize would really help us sleep? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, you know, this holistic, it, it, it's really kind of attuned to, to sleep specifically. Um, kind of going back to thinking about sleep coaching or even for an adult, you know, when, how can we receive the best sleep for ourselves to wake up feeling rested and rejuvenated? Um, The simplest thing that I don't think is is quite common knowledge is the timing of when you sleep is probably one of the most important things to your sleep health, your overall sleep health. And so I'll share it from an adult perspective. You know, let's say you are hoping to get eight hours of sleep. Um, You know, the sleep that you receive, if you were to go to bed at 10 and wake up at six is extremely different than if you were to go to bed at midnight and wake up at 8 a.m. Or even, you know, 9.30 to 5.30, 9.30 p.m. to 5.30 a.m. is is way better sleep for you. Even though you're waking up earlier, you are getting better sleep than if you go to bed much later and wake up later in the morning. And that's the exact same for children. Um, the more, this is for every human, the more sleep you receive before midnight, the better overall you will feel in every avenue, every aspect. I call that the golden hours of sleep is from bedtime to midnight. The more sleep you can get there, um, it, I think it will impact you holistically because you will just, you will be more rested. It's got a lot of non-REM sleep properties and things. And so Looking at that for an adult, you know, like, oh, I sleep eight hours, but I go to bed at midnight, you're not getting the best sleep. Um, But same for your child, that if you're having sleep problems, it's often that they're not getting enough sleep before midnight. Um, And so it is a time to say, you know, why is that happening? And this is even for school-age children. You know, I have a six and a nine-year-old as well. Um, I have a three-year-old as well. And so, you know, you start to think, oh, they can stay up later. 
they're okay. And that's not true. You know, they need more sleep before midnight as well as to help them, you know, feel the, their best selves to be focused in school, to make better eating choices, to move their body um, emotionally, to feel a little more stable um, or when those things happen to them, it doesn't always feel quite like a roller coaster. Um, you have a little more bandwidth because you're better rested. So yeah, mm-hmm. timing of sleep is a big one. Yeah. And it- <laughs> The older I get, the more I pride myself. Like we got in bed by nine o'clock tonight. (laughs) We're like, who, who would have thought, you know, 10, 20 years ago, we'd be like, oh man, I'm starting to go out at 9 PM, you know, in college (laughs) days. I'm like, how did I even do that nowadays? Like, oh, oh my gosh. I I totally. And I even played sports in college. So I would go out and then have 6 a.m. practice. I'm like, what was I thinking, you know, or it is, it is crazy. It's obviously biology and what's meant to be like, it shifts it for you naturally as you age. (laughs) So yes, I also pride myself on early bedtime. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. We, 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 my body just naturally wakes up around five now anyway. Mm -hmm. So if I don't go to bed early, it's like, well, I'm just going to lay here for a few hours and it's amazing once you get your body into that cycle, how, how good I feel. And like, I don't feel like I'm waking up middle of the night and, and have no, like, I think of like going on vacation you have to wake up really early for a flight and you're like, Oh my God, I had to wake up at 4am or 4.30. Now yeah. when I do that, I'm like, ah, eh, it's fine. I can do it. And I, my, my sleep schedule now as an adult, I never realized how impactful it was. And you mentioned my course anxious to align. Mm-hmm. for anxiety too, making mm-hmm. sure you have enough sleep mm-hmm. because then you might eat more sugar or more, more gluten for me is a trigger caffeine that produces more cortisol. And that just stimulates that anxi- anxious cycle that you just like, cannot get out of. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. And I'm, I'm so happy you shared that because that's for every age of a human. I mean, I feel the same way. I think sometimes we talked earlier, I know like, oh, if I could just stay up and work a little later and it is the least productive time of my day. Like I, I'm turned off. I, otherwise I'm an emotionally a mess. Um, my mind cannot just be um, like it's normal state, I guess. It's more of an anxious stress. Yes, let me reach for things to make me feel immediately better, which then that you know, spirals me the wrong way. <laughs> so yeah, sleep is, is gosh, such a vital part for all those reasons too. Not just to feel good, but you know, physically, but mentally as well. All the things. Yeah. Um, I know if you mentioned cutting caffeine to people, they like freak out, but that, that does really help. At least for me, when I am drinking caffeine, anything before noon or even three o'clock just because if I drink it after that I won't be able to fall asleep won't be able to maybe maybe I'm the only one out there probably not um yeah yeah I go ahead oh I was just gonna add to that you know I think that um I actually just posted about it today about napping during the day as an adult and you know we all have that slump midday and I would probably wage to bet that majority of people that's when they're going for their caffeine or their Starbucks run or whatever. And, 
And honestly, if you were just able to take a short cat nap, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, that will revitalize you a million times better than caffeine. And, um, and not to mention help you at your bedtime as well and sleeping all night and waking up feeling better. Um, and so I think it's always an interesting thing to look at that we often as adults make excuses why we can't nap. And, you know, that's always a good place to look of like, why do I think that? Like, what's the story I'm telling myself about this? And could I, am I open to thinking about maybe changing that and trying a midday quick 20 minute nap and seeing how that changes versus caffeine or other things? <laughs> or other things, yes. I, um, we actually on the weekends, like, it's like a ritual, like mostly Sundays, but sometimes Saturdays too, mid-afternoon mm-hmm. weekend nap. Marvelous. Marvelous. Yeah. (laughs) No, it is. I know. Especially as it's fall, you know, and with a little bit cooler weather and some windows open. Um, And I will even say as a parent, you know, I don't expect like my two and, or excuse me, my six year old or nine year old to nap when her parent, their parents are. But when the three year old is napping, we take that opportunity and we allow a little bit of screen time so we can also get our nap in. And I think that it's okay to, you know, use that to everyone's benefit. They can rest a little bit with some, with some guided screen time. We get our little nap in, the three-year-old gets his nap in, and then we're all ready to go come three o'clock and it feels like a lovely day. (laughs) Oh, the sun is shining. Oh, I love it. I love it. I know you mentioned that um, you do work one-on-one with people. Um, how, how, how can we get in contact with you? Are there other ways to work with you if one-on-one is, is maybe not possible at this time for them? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking. So my website is just ValerieBirch.com. Um, and on there, you can always, my email is on there and, uh, you can contact me that way with any questions or, you know, anything you might be thinking or wondering. Um, and that's also where the one-on-one packages are. I am actually in the process of doing some courses uh, that they could do on their own and even a potential membership that is about sleep, but also really about the holistic motherhood journey um, and supporting each other of kind of the things we've discussed. You know, there's always sometimes sleep questions. So that will always be there. You know, sleep's always evolving in your children age. Um, and then also, you know, supporting each other in that those emotions and just parenting questions, the respectful parenting idea that, um, you know, how can we, you know, see our children as individuals and honor and respect that of them. And uh, also, you know, maintain what we need or what we desire for our parenthood and our own life journey as well. So those are some fun things in the the mix, um, but always reach out if you have any questions. I'm happy to help and let you know some options. Thank you. And I think you're giving us a coupon code for 15% off Witchy to to use for your coaching services. So thank you. Yes, you're welcome. And I think what's important to know is that with some of the coaching one-on-one, there can be extensive where we're in support every single day. And there's also just an ask me anything, like let's chat, ask me anything session, which is just an hour phone call. And I think it's really beneficial for those who maybe have some questions or maybe they're more confused of what they found on the internet. 
surprise, surprise, and, and just having like straightforward advice that they can then take and run. And it's tailored to your specific situation, your child, everything. And that way you can have feel, leave feeling confident and with a clear direction in which you're going to go next to help sleep if you need. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Valerie, for coming on. Was there anything else you wanted to cover before we started to close the show today? I mean, I could stay on here forever. (laughs) (laughs) It's just lovely. I love what you're doing, Lauren. I think it's fantastic. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a beautiful journey in our lives. And uh, I think not being afraid to, you know, get the help you need in wherever avenue that is, whether it's sleep or emotions or whatever, that, um, you know, I think living and feeling our best is the best gift for us, but also our children and our community and the world. So always look for that help wherever you need. Hmm. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for imparting so much wisdom on us today and realizing that your sleep and your child's sleep are equally as important here and impact each other. And thank you for showing up for us today, but also for yourself and your family. And now you guys are all family of healthy sleepers, healthy and happy. Uh, We close every show the same way. How may we, the listeners as an act of gratitude, be of service for you and return today? That's so, so lovely. And thank you very much for that. Um, Yeah, I think you can always... Follow me on social media at Amazing Little Sleeper. Um, my website is ValerieBirch.com. And don't hesitate to reach out. You know, I think that I'm just another human being on the other side who's really here to help. And I would love to connect. So, yeah. Awesome. And, and if you guys resonate with this, or maybe you, you don't have kids, or you know somebody who might need to listen to this episode, just please share along, send it along. You never know how a podcast episode can change not only your life, but somebody else's life. That's the reason why I started this show over three and a half, almost four years ago, was you know the power of free information and podcasts and following up with people like Valerie that intuitively I really resonated with. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to get a sleep coach for my family. Whatever it is, feel free to share it. Make sure you subscribe and write a review. I'd be so grateful. Thank you so much, Valerie, for coming on the show today. It was so enlightening. And hopefully one day I will be able to use this information (laughs) in a future family. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And you're so welcome. And I'm super appreciative of being here. Thank you, Lauren, for having me on. And uh, it's been truly a joy. And remember, open up, surrender, trust, and let your body lead the way.